Heavenly Father, we thank you uh, for your word, and that your word is alive and active, and that uh, it pierces our heart and soul. And we pray that this morning that it would do that, that it would transform our heart and make us more like your Son Jesus. In His name, we pray. Amen. Now, some of you know, you know, I've been to、uh, different countries around the world when I was younger. When I was in my early twenties, I went to a few different short-term mission trips. So I went to places like、um, uh, this is in Africa with Zambia,、uh, and I've been to places like Central America.、Uh, this is in. Nicaragua,、uh, been to El Salvador, been to China, India, Fiji. So I've been to a lot of places,、um, and it was quite an eye-opening experience for me、uh, to go on these different countries、uh, to see how God is working in、uh, in in our brothers and sisters in Christ、uh, at different countries,、um, and. And I was really encouraged、uh, just to see the faithfulness of our brothers and sisters in Christ over、uh, in Asia, over in Africa, over in Central America. But at the same time, I was also quite confronted、uh, to see how、uh, dark in some、uh, in, in some of these countries,、uh, how Satan is also working in some of those countries. You know, I've heard story about you know people being possessed by demons, by by evil spirits. And how the spirit has affected their mental and their physical health, and for some reason the spiritual manifestation of evil and Satan—they're just more obvious、uh, and confronting in some of these countries. But here in Australia, we don't really hear stories like that, do we? We don't feel that that there's there's a spiritual oppression, or there's a spiritual opposition from the devil, or at least not in a very obvious way. Well, in today's passage, Paul tells us that even here in Australia, we are in a spiritual battle against the devil, against evil. And four times in this passage, we are called to take our stand, to hold our ground for Jesus. And Paul says that you know we are actually like soldiers.、Uh, we 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 are in a spiritual battle, and he says that we need to be ready to fight back. We need to be ready to fight back. And the question for us is, you know, how do we how do we fight back? How do we fight something that we can't even see? Well, Paul is going to tell us exactly how we can do that today. And there's three things that he tell he he tells us. So, firstly, firstly, we got to know our enemy. We got to know our enemy. So, read with me from verse ten. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God, so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in these heavenly realms. You know, as I said before, you know, other countries like Africa, Asia, and Central America, people talk about demons and spirits. But here in Australia, in in the Western culture, we we think that if we if we don't see it, therefore it doesn't exist. But in reality, we are in a spiritual battle, all of us here, and spiritual forces are very real here in Australia as well. And that's why Paul says, "Be strong, be strong in the Lord." We need to fight, and in order to fight, we need to know our enemy. We need to know the devil's schemes. But how do we know? How do we know what are the devil's schemes? 
And uh, by the way, when I say the devil, it's just another title for Satan. So I'll use these two terms interchangeably, but the same thing. Well, Paul actually, back in chapter four, actually already told us that one of the devil devil primary scheme is to divide the church. Is to divide the church. He's tempting us uh, uh, to to have conflict with one another, uh, to not speak truthfully with one another, to be angry, to gossip, uh, to be unforgiving, to be bitter. You know, Satan loves to find ways to divide us. And Paul says, that, "Hey, we as a church, we mustn't give him a, a foothold. We mustn't be in a conflict with one another. Not be selfish. We must actually stand together and fight together." Now, I've heard stories that churches split、uh, because of the different style of music. Churches split because of their different view of their leadership style. Churches split because of just misunderstanding of one another. I think we must realize that there's something far greater that's going on than than the conflict that we see that happens within the church. But if you think that your biggest problem is another human being, then you completely miss the point. Because behind every situation,、uh, there is a spiritual encounter, and it often happens in in、uh, ordinary relationship, in ordinary places that we don't often expect. You know, when you're tempted to be angry、uh, with your wife or kids,、uh, it's a spiritual battle. And being strong in Christ means that maybe you need to stop and pray about your anger and be patient. When you're tempted to gossip about someone, it is a spiritual battle. And being strong in Christ means you you be self-controlled and you resist the urge. When you feel like it's too much effort、uh, to join a small group this year,、uh, yeah, it's it's a spiritual battle. And being strong in Christ means that you're actively、uh, seeking ways to grow in Christ. And when you're holding a grudge against someone,、uh, it's a spiritual battle. And being strong in Christ means you, you you deal with the problem and you forgive. We need to realize that there is always a spiritual battle behind everything. And I just want to pause here and just uh, uh, say a few things. Uh, uh, if if you're here and if you if you're not a Christian, I just want to say a couple of things to you. And I think it's important for me to say this.、Uh, if you're not a Christian,、uh, the good news is you know you are no, of no concern to to the devil to Satan.、Uh, the bad news is it's because you're already his. You know you know that neutral ground that we all that you think you're standing on. Why、well, it's actually already being claimed by Satan,、uh, and it's not really an easy way to say this,、uh, but you need to understand that you're in the kingdom of darkness, as we all were. And here, this word from Jesus in Matthew 25, Jesus says, "Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devils and his angels." And Jesus said, "The the reason that God created hell was first and foremost for the devil, for his followers."、Uh, so if you're here, if you if you're not yet accepted Jesus,、uh, we're so glad that you're here today.、Uh, but can I also urge you to consider this seriously?、Uh, that it is only through Jesus that you can be saved. It is only through Jesus、uh, that you can、uh, be equipped to fight back the devil. So run to Jesus, 
uh, and run away from Satan because he will only bring you down. If you want to find out more about him, uh, please come and talk uh, to one of the leaders here after the service. Uh, I do have to rush off after this, um, but uh, you can contact me as well on the bulletin. There's a contact details there if you want to talk more. But we need to know our enemy. We need to realize that we're in a spiritual battle, that no matter what comes our way, we need to stick with Jesus. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Well, this is uh, my second point. Uh, we got to put on the armor of God. We got to put on the armor of God. So, verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Now, it's worth mentioning that this armor of God is not something. It's not a new thing that we have to go and find. It's something that God has already given us. Uh, and in the original language in the New Testament, it was written in Greek. The you, the you here is actually is it's in plural. So that means this armor of God is not just something that we receive individually, but it's something that we receive as a church corporately. And Paul says that we, as a church, we need to stand together in our faith for for Jesus. Uh, we need to help each other. We need to build each other up. We need to make sure that none of us are fall away. And he says, verse 14, Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. So here are the six pieces of armor that Paul mentions here. It's a cute photo that I found online. And these armor pieces uh, are, are, you know, the, the thing that they use to describe God uh, back in the Old Testament as well. So, so Paul is saying here, as we put on these armor, these armors of God, that we are also putting on the characteristic of God. So firstly, I'm going to spend a bit more time in, in these six pieces of armor. So firstly, the belt of truth. Now back in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13, Paul says, And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Now this message of truth is the gospel of Christ. And this gospel of Christ is the, is the message that brings us together as a church. And because of that, we are to be characterized by the gospel, by the truth. One of the ways we do that is to speak truthfully to one another, uh, live, accordance, live, live in accordance to the truth that is in Jesus. And there's nothing that gives Satan more pleasure when we, when we don't speak in truth to one another. You know, Satan also means the father of all lies. And I think we've all experienced lying. Uh, if not, you know the things that we say that is coded in half-truths? Uh, and, and you know we're more likely to lie uh, when, when we feel embarrassed, uh, when we want to cover our shame. Well, putting on the belt of truth means that we resist that temptation to lie or to tell half-truths. I just want to say, if, you, if you're here today and you think you've lied to somebody or lied about something, well, today is the day to come clean with it. It's a new year, new year resolution to come clean with your lies. Tell the truth so that you can live with a clear conscience. 
so that you can live in light of the truth. Well, secondly, the breastplate of righteousness. Well, putting on the breastplate also means that we, we need to remember that we are seen as righteous. We are seen as holy by God, perfect because of what Christ has done for us on the cross. Jesus has given us his righteousness so that we can be right with God. And now that we are right with God, we need to be like God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22 to 24, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your mind, and to put on new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So we need to be like God. We need to be righteous and holy because God has made us holy and righteous. And we need to help each other in this as a church. Now, how many of us ask this to one another? How are you going with Jesus? Now, what areas do you think I can grow in? What areas do you think I can be more like Jesus? Now, if we're serious about fighting this fight together, then we need to ask each other these hard questions and we need to remind each other of our need to keep pursuing righteousness and holiness. Well, thirdly, the feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In other words, be ready to preach the gospel of peace, the gospel that brings people from all different nations, all different backgrounds, different personalities together. And I get it, you know, evangelism can be unnatural and it's awkward even for me as a pastor. Um, but Satan loves it when we don't do it. And I think it's good that if you could pray for, for me and the pastors at church, we just need to be ready to preach the gospel outside of this church within like the rest of you. And I usually find that, you know, people are usually more willing to listen uh, than we are to share. Uh, there was uh, one time when I actually uh, signed up to do a bank customer survey. Why, why waste my time doing that, you ask? Well, it's because they offer me a $100 gift voucher if I do it with them. So <laughs> I just went to my bank and, and, and they took me to this room and they had a video that uh, recording device there. And there were two ladies in the room and they said, we're going to record you, uh, uh, interview, uh, and we're going to ask you some questions. And I was like, okay, sure. Uh, and you know, they, they asked me about my, uh, my finance, uh, my financial goals, and all these things. You know, what, are, what are your big plans for, your, for in 10 years' time? What are you going to do with the money? And I told them about my plan. Hey, I don't really have, I don't really have big financial goals. I don't really have any, you know, plans to buy bigger houses or to invest in uh, more things. Uh, I, I just plan to keep doing what I'm doing, and maybe eventually I go overseas as a missionary to do some mission work. And then uh, one of the ladies, uh, she was a bit confused. She's like, "Hey, you seem like you 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 are like a quite an educated person. Uh, you know, why would you leave a perfectly paying job uh, to go somewhere where you might not have any secure income? You know, what's the trade-off?" And I was thinking. Are you saying I'm stupid? Um, but 
but but also at the same time, hey, maybe this is an opportunity for me to say something about why I do what I uh, what 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 I want to do. So I tell so started started talking to her about uh, about you know I say I'm a pastor. This is what I do, and I, I and I study the Bible. And you know actually in the Bible there was this guy in Ecclesiastes. There's this guy in Ecclesiastes. He go and pursue all these things. He wanted to pursue success, power, money, uh, women, wealth, and everything. And in the end. He says that everything is just like a mist, nothing lasts, and it's all meaningless. And I said to them, you know, I I'm like that guy, you know, I've been that, I I've done that, I've been there, and I know that, you know, if I set my life on pursuing financial goals and all these big things, I know that I will never be fulfilled. But I believe in God, and I believe that He can offer me something much greater than lots of money, and it will last to eternity. And then I thought that would just be like, okay, and ask me move on. He said,、like, oh, tell me more. I was like, oh, wow, okay, all right, okay. So I started saying, telling them about the gospel, telling them about Jesus. I was quite surprised. They kept asking me about it.、Um, I think it went on for about 20 minutes. They were taking notes. They were recording me, and.、Um, And I thought, hey, this could go somewhere, and you know, other people could hear as well. It's, it's great, you know. I got hundred dollars for doing gospel presentation at a bank customer survey. Yeah, and it was unexpected for me,、uh, but God always brings opportunities、uh, as well. And you know, even at my workplace, in my hospital work,、uh, they know what I do as well. So I, usually, I try to use lunch time to talk to them about what I do on Sunday. And I know that there was a time that I preached on Proverbs. If you guys remember last year, and and they asked me, "Hey Dan, could you give me give me some proverbs or something from the Bible that we can use in our meeting?" I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." So <laughs> I gave them a few Bible verses, and then they they usually they in the meeting they usually have a mission statement at the start and they use the quotes from Jesus. So、like, yeah. It's good. So use the opportunities、uh, that God brings to you and、uh, make it count. And you just have to be ready. People are more willing to listen than we are to share. And in the Old Testament, there was a prophet in Isaiah.、Uh, Isaiah the prophet. He says, "Is how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation." You know, I know some very beautiful feet here at our church. I know that I'm talking about people who、uh, uh, who are very intentional in evangelizing. Now I know even some some of my、uh, youth leaders.、Uh, most of them are very intentional in evangelizing and discipling the youth,、uh, uh, week in week out. And not only that, they also witness to their friends,、uh, bring their friends、uh, to church as well, using their extra time uh, uh, to meet up with the youth, with their friends, just so that they can preach the gospel of peace to the youth. They have beautiful feet. They are fitted. With the gospel of peace, do you have that beautiful feet, feet up with the gospel of peace? You know, if you hear yourself, I just don't know what to, how to start. Well, you can buy Sam Chen's Evangelism in a Skeptical World. It's a great way to start to know how to evangelize. Well, fourthly, the shield of faith. The shield of faith.、Uh, this is the shield that. Defend us from the flaming arrows from the devil, and I was just thinking, what are some of the flaming arrows that we could get? And here are some things I came up with myself,、uh, and I think I've experienced this in the past myself as well. You know, the flaming arrows could be like,、uh, you, you started thinking like, you know, how many times can I be forgiven 
uh, with my repeated sins, God must have a limit. You know, I don't think God can love someone like me. I don't think I'm equipped for this ministry. Is the Bible really trustworthy and true? Is it really worth it to be a Christian? You know, in reality, you know, Christian life is really all about I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And we've all gone through doubt at some point or another, and Satan loves to use this doubt to attack us. But don't bury those doubts. Talk it through with someone, and remember to hold on to God's promises. And that's what having the shield of faith looks like. Holding on to what God has done for you, what He has promised. He said that you are a child of God. You've been forgiven. And that's why we need each other. There's no lone wolf in Christianity. We need each other to do this. And I'm usually, like I said, I'm usually more pessimistic about things and about myself. So I'm prone to the flaming arrows from the devil. But I'm thankful that God has provided me uh, Christian brothers and sisters in Christ and mentors who are there to remind me and to keep pointing me back to Jesus when I'm uh, going through that flaming arrows. So do you have someone that, who, can, who can do that for you, who can uh, remind you of your identity in Christ or what Christ has done for you to help you to keep holding on to that shield of faith? Well, fifthly, the helmet of salvation. You know, one of the things that Satan's love to do is to strip assurance from God's people. You know, first he tricks, uh, he, his tricks uh, is that he tries to convince you that the sin that you're committing is just a very small sin. Uh, you know, he's say, hey Dan, this is just a little one. It's not like you're going to kill anyone. It's not like you're committing adultery. You've done it before. And God didn't, didn't, didn't reject you, didn't strike you down. It's okay just to enjoy a little. It will just be between you and me. And you know what? In the end, God will forgive you. And then you commit the sin. And then here comes Satan again. And he said, dang, now you've done it. You've sinned so badly. You've, you've sinned so... This is a big one this time. How could you have done this? You've done it so many times. You've sinned beyond grace, beyond God's grace. You're such a hypocrite. If you go to God right now and ask for His forgiveness, you might as well just sin again. You're already feeling bad. It's not going to get any worse. And then we fall for it. We wallow in our guilt, in our sin, and we sink into despair. It's the same old tricks all over again and again. Well, putting on the helmet of salvation means that we need to remember that God has already forgiven us, that our past and our present and our future sin has all been forgiven and we need to and uh, remember that he has given us that salvation in Christ that we are saved from God's wrath because Jesus has taken upon his wrath for us now you can't make God angry if you're in Christ Jesus and last but not the least uh, the sword of the spirits which is the word of God now the sword here is really the only offensive weapon in the armor that Jesus, Jesus, if you remember him in the desert, he used God's word to fend off the devil. You know, and that's why that's why we have Bible reading. Uh, that's why we have preaching of the word each week at church. It's a means that God has given us to be sharpened and to be refined, to be more like Jesus. You know, at the church I was at before, my 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 pastor. He told me that he has 700 plus memory verse, verses under his belt. 
I don't know how he does it, but he, he does he, he can he can uh, remember 700 Bible verses, and it's very useful when Satan comes attacking you, and uh, he can just put out those verses. Hey, this is what God says. You know, uh, for example, if Satan condemns you of your sin, and you can remember. I, I remember reading Romans 8, chap uh, chapter 8, verse 1. There is now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And if Satan is trying to strip your assurance, say that you, you know, you, you're not good enough for God, you can remember Romans 8 again, or verse 38 to 39, that nothing can ever separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So let me encourage you, uh, maybe this is your New Year resolution, to start memorizing Bible verses. You can start with just something easy, just one verse a month even. Memorize it, reflect it, apply it in your life. So that when Satan comes attacking you, you can, sh you can show him the big sword that you have. And you, and you, can, uh, you can be on the offensive and you can also uh, fend off any flaming arrows as well. So there you have it. These are the six pieces of the armor of God. And we are to put on this armor as a church together. We need to stand firm together. But of course, we also need to pray for one another. This is the last thing that Paul says, uh, verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Praying is our best response in a spiritual battle. Uh, and Paul says, pray for everything and anything. He says, pray on all occasions. When life is good, pray. When life is bad, pray. When you're stressed about work, pray. When you're stressed about study, pray. When you're driving, when you're talking, when you're alone, when you're showering, pray. When you're finding hard to resist being rude or angry, pray. When coming to church or reading Bible feels like a chore, pray. Pray with all kinds of prayer and request. No, Lord, please help me. Lord, please forgive me. Lord, thank you. And Lord, I praise you. And pray for all the Lord's people. Pray for your leaders. Pray for your pastors. Pray for your Christians, brothers and sisters in Christ. To them, I stand firm. Pray for our missionaries. And pray for Jackie. And finally, Paul says that, uh, says this, and pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in, in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. So pray for boldness to speak the gospel. To those who don't yet know Jesus, pray for opportunities to speak the gospel. You never know that God might bring an opportunity to you. Uh, when you maybe when you're lining out at the cashier to pay for your food, when you're doing a bank customer survey, you never know. Pray that God might bring salvation to those that you speak to. Now, Satan is very real, and we need to realize that we are on the front lines of a very real battle each day and God is calling us to put on the armor of God to stand firm in Jesus to pray and remember that Jesus is actually on our side and he's on the winning side so stick with him and his his death and his resurrection has already defeated sin and Satan and when he comes back he will claim his victory 
and Satan will be totally destroyed. And all those who trust in Jesus will have eternal life in the new creation. But for now, while we wait, while we wait for His return, we must stand firm, we must be strong, and we must keep following Him and trusting in Him, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.